everyone. Today is March 20th, 2015. I'm your podcast host, client manager, John Niggle of InTouch Manufacturing Services. InTouch is an American-owned company headquartered in Shenzhen, China that specializes in quality control, product inspections, factory audits, social compliance, and sourcing. My guest today is Steve Mogenthal, client services manager at InTouch. And he's going to be talking to us about three reasons to consider developing a product QC checklist. This is based off of a blog article written in January by Steve. So welcome, Steve. Thank you for having me, John. And uh, let's begin by having Steve just recap, give us a brief intro about himself and his time at the company. I've been with InTouch for four years and I'm uh, the client services manager here at InTouch. Awesome. Let's have Steve give us the three reasons for developing a product QC checklist. Sure. The, the three key reasons you want to develop a QC checklist is to provide the factory and the inspection company some inspection or production guidelines. And you also get the benefit of, of scalability with a QC checklist. And I'll explain more what that means a little bit later. And the third reason is accountability. Okay, great. So let's uh, just go point for point on these and start off with the guidelines. I'm assuming that you mean production and inspection guidelines by that. Is that right? That's right. So it, it all starts with production. You know, the factory needs a document that, that lists out the expectations for the product being made if it's prone to scratches, what is the standard there? How obvious it is? How far away are you looking at the item? How deep is the scratch? How long is it? Whatever. And the second part of that is also for the inspection company so that when you get a report, you know what standard is being applied to give you that pass or fail result. Okay, so the supplier or the factory benefits from the product QC checklist because they have guidelines for production and the QC company benefits because they have guidelines for inspection and the things that need to be checked for the product. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. You want the factory producing and the inspection company inspecting based on the same standards. Okay, great. The second point that you mentioned was scalability. What do you mean by scalability? Scalability refers to, is basically your ability to make an item in factory A, and then duplicate that at factory B. So if you don't have a QC checklist, you want to move something to a new factory, you know, what do you send that factory? You have a drawing maybe, or maybe you write something up in an email. But if you have a QC checklist, it's way more detailed, and it's way better for the manufacturer to see really what it is you're asking them to do. Okay, so if a buyer is working with multiple suppliers, or maybe if they scale up production by sourcing through other suppliers, that kind of information, that detailed specifications and quality standards is more easily transferable with a product QC checklist that they can sort of give to these, these other agents, right? Uh, that's right. And there's another benefit with scalability here, which is if you are trying to get into another factory with the same item, when you send that QC checklist, that supplier is going to be able to tell you right away, well, hopefully right away, whether or not they can meet those requirements. And if they can't, 
you immediately have a framework for comparing factory A and factory B. Uh, this one is telling me the, the scratches are, are no problem, but it has this other issue with the flow mark, or or it can't hit the 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 the, the size is going to vary more, or the the item weight won't be as consistent. Whatever you get the the feedback from that new supplier can give you an idea of what kind of variation there might be in that product, and that's very important for importers looking to buy the same product, the identical product from multiple suppliers. Right. Uh, your last point you mentioned was accountability. So you, by this, do you mean you mean supplier accountability? What do you mean by that? Right. Holding the suppliers accountable. So how much you can hold them accountable to some degree will depend on how involved the supplier was in developing the QC checklist. If you send the supplier a document that you've already made that's already complete and you go through it with them and you get their feedback, you'll probably be okay with that if they, if they really sign off on it, so to speak, and you, you, get, you put that in writing and, and that you, you make sure that they really are clear on the expectations and that they're okay with that as part of the purchasing agreement, I guess. But when you're first setting it up, that is really when that initial supplier is going to be, you know, they feel like they're part of the process. They're really buying into it. That's when you really can uh, and hold their feet to the fire when an inspection report comes back as fail because, you know, you put in the time up front to get input, maybe revise standards, add some new ones, delete something that, that wasn't applicable, whatever. You, you customized it with them. So, when the report is fail and you're looking at maybe charging the supplier for the cost of the inspection, the amount of cooperation in developing that QC checklist can be an important factor in determining how much money you'll successfully charge back. Right. So in terms of accountability, you know, ideally buyers will have worked and cooperated with the supplier or the factory on developing the QC checklist so that before they even begin production and, and, and also well into the inspection process, they will have already established an understanding of expectations. And that's sort of where the supplier is held accountable, right? Sure. And I, and I should add here that, especially if it is a new item for the factory, they might not know right away what standards are totally reasonable and not. So as an importer, you should be open to the idea of adjusting that QC checklist over the course of a few orders or production runs or whatever. And I think that's, that's just re being reasonable to the supplier. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like we, we've talked about these reasons, you know, the guidelines for production inspection, scalability of suppliers, supplier accountability, all of these things. We've heard about these benefits of developing the QC checklist, but the bottom line, what is it? It's about the buyer's sort of you know, their, their averseness to risk, or what is it about? Risk has a lot to do with it. The QC checklist is the foundation for a solid inspection. So if your item is simple, you know, just a standard ceramic mug or whatever, you don't need to worry about that too much. But if you're buying something somewhat complicated, maybe it has an instruction manual, an electrical item, anything that you've customized to a certain degree, you're going to want a checklist to really define all of the different points that need to be looked at 
to ensure that the product is meeting your requirements. So again, if the item is just a stock product that the factory sells to multiple customers, the checklist isn't going to provide too much value for you. If it's something that you've developed hand-in-hand with the factory and is fairly complicated and has different functions and parts, you're going to want that checklist if only to make sure that the factory is using the parts it says it will. Lots of reasons as the product gets more and more complex. You might also want to do this for new products just because it might clarify things on your end. I would also add, I think working with new suppliers, you may want to consider a QC checklist in those cases as well, just to have those clear sets of standards going into production, right? Absolutely. The email, the, you know, the, the pre-production emails for product development can be months, years maybe. So that QC checklist is the summary of all of that hard work. Right. Well, I think that just about wraps it up. I want to thank Steve Mogenthal for joining me this evening to talk about QC checklist development. So thank you, Steve. Thank you, John. And uh, this is Steve's last podcast with us. Steve is actually, this is his last day at InTouch. Oliver Knack will be taking his role on Monday as a client services manager, and Steve will be heading back to Portland, Oregon to pursue other interests. So we want to thank Steve for, for working with us these past four years. I think I can speak for everyone when I say it's been a pleasure. So good luck, Steve. Thank you very much, John. And uh, thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in. I want to remind you guys to check out our Facebook page, become a fan, follow us on LinkedIn, check out our YouTube channel, some videos there, including one with Steve talking about social compliance. And lastly, if you'd like to contact us directly, you can check out our website. That's www.intouchquality.com. Thank you.